Good morning. My name is Angel Gomez. I serve as one of the elders here at Medway Community Church. And you know, yesterday I lost count how many times the gospel was explained and proclaimed during Carol Kaminsky's teaching of the overarching story of redemption. And this morning we get to continue with this Christian education weekend with the preaching of the word by Dr. Jeff Arthurs. Um, Dr. Arthurs um, is the chairman of the Department of Church Ministry at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. He's also a professor of preaching and communication. He has numerous publications. He has taught in seminaries and colleges throughout the world. Um, I think there's a couple of us in this room who have had the experience to be able to receive from that ministry, and it's easy to say that he is a pastor's pastor. Hmm. Now, this morning it struck me that uh, although this is something that a lot of us have been looking forward to, the most important thing about what's about to happen is that, and it's really the same thing that happens every Sunday morning here, God's word being preached from, the word of the living God himself. And so would you help me welcome Dr. Jeff Arthurs as he brings it to us. Thanks, brother. Good morning to you. Thank you, Angel. Angel was my student just, was it last semester, Angel? And um, it was in a preaching class. So if you feel that Angel is a bad preacher, I apologize. <laughs> if you feel he's a good preacher, it's, it's just the Lord and it's just his own hard work and natural gifting. Um, but it's, it's really neat to, to, to know and to find out that you're a, a, an, an elder at the church here. I'm an elder in my home church, uh, North Shore Community Baptist, and I have a heart for that uh, lay pastoral uh, ministry. For many years, the uh, motto of the city of Glasgow, Scotland, was, let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of the word of God and the worship of his people. How's that for a motto for a city? Then during the Victorian era, 1860-something, it was shortened to a more secular form. And today, you can see this shortened motto. Uh, You're going to get me flying right? Yeah. The more secular motto is simply, let Glasgow flourish. It's written everywhere in Glasgow. It's over the doorway of City Hall. It's it's on uh, uh, buildings. It's inscribed on church bells. It's even on uh, trash bins. But I say to you, may your church always flourish through the preaching of the word of God and the worship of his people. May you flourish. May you not just slog along and get by and limp along. May you you grow numerically. May you grow uh, in the fear of the Lord. May you grow together as a community. May you flourish through the preaching of the word of God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we open your holy word, please meet with us now. Give us ears to hear. Prepare the soil of our hearts uh, for the seed of your word. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Three questions have become cliches in our culture. You hear them a lot. They have taken on a certain lightness. Who am I? Where did I come from? What's the third question? Yeah, what am I doing here? Where am I going? <laughs> As I say, they're, they're almost cliches in our culture. I guess the, the, the answer to the question, are, uh, they're so complex and, and the answers are so shrouded in mystery and the unknown. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? That uh, we kind of shrug at those questions. Most people lump those questions together with other questions like how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. They used to argue about those things back in the Middle Ages. Uh, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Who am I? Where did I come from? But behind those cliche questions is really something uh, deeper, something that really haunts us. Embedded in those questions are, uh, you know, feelings like, does my life matter? Does it have any significance? Um, uh, why, get, why get up every morning? Why am I here? What's the big deal? Now, Christians wrestle with those questions just like everybody. And Christians feel that we have some answers to those questions. That is to say, some answers have been revealed to us. God has told us who we are, where, where we're headed. And uh, you might think of um, verses like this. For from him and to him and through him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Where did we come from? We came from him. We were created from the dust of the ground, breathed into us the breath of life. We came from him. We are not the result of an accident. As one philosopher says, the, the accidental collocation of atoms boom, 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 bumping into each other and whoo, here we are billions of years later. We came from him. We are going to him. We were made for intimate communion, for fellowship, to, to live with him throughout the eternities. We are going to him. And who are we? We are worshipers. We are to give him glory and praise. Ephesians says we were created for the praise of his glory. Now, the reason I mention this, the reason I you know, provide this introduction is because a number of you have just come through a conference on this big story, where did we come from, creation, fall, redemption, where are we headed, the consummation of all things. So we want to continue with that theme and that thought. Why are we here? Where are we going? What's it all about? We are from him. We are going to him. All things exist through him to the praise of his glory. So maybe the best way to, to summarize, you know, this, this uh, final session here of this, this Christian education weekend where we're thinking about the big story, maybe the best way to summarize it is by saying we were made to worship him, to honor him. 
That's why we exist, to worship him. But when I say worship, we get all sorts of questions and images in our minds. Some people think clouds and harps and a thwing, thwing, sitting up in heaven, thwing, and that's worship. That's why I was created. Like, okay, well, whatever. That doesn't do much for me. Other people get a picture of worship like Sunday morning. You got up an hour early. You come to church, you shake hands, you stand up, you sit down, you do this. You, that's worship, oh boy. And if you get these kinds of images in your mind, like, oh, that's my existence to worship him. Oh, that's not so great. If that's, these are the images you get, then we need a broader, a biblical understanding of worship, what it means, what, what, your, what your existence is all about. You were made to honor him, serve him, love him, worship him. And so we want to unpack that. The word worship is from the old English word, and that's an exact pronunciation of the, uh, the old English word. <laughs> it came, uh, you know, uh, how language, you know, evolves. Worthship, isn't that interesting? To ascribe worth, you know, worthiness to something. Today we have worship. To ascribe value, to ascribe worth to something is the concept of worship. Interestingly, in the Book of Common Prayer in the marriage ceremony, Church of England Book of Common Prayer, the, the uh, husband vows to the wife, with my body I worship thee. Isn't that interesting? I will act, I will behave, I will possess this vessel in such a way as to worship in this broader sense to declare your worth. You have value, I honor you. So worship is giving honor to something of value. We say uh, she worships her children. We say we worship the New England Patriots. On Super Bowl Sunday, I went to a worship service. Trust me, it was a worship service as we watched that what happened. I am not a New England fan. I, I, I hesitate to share that with you, but I was with a group of New England fans, and I saw adoration and glory and praise. <laughs> they are worthy. And we were made... To ascribe him honor, worth, to live in such a way with my body, with my mind, with my hands, with my time, with my money, with my everything, I declare you're the one, you're the king. So let's unpack this a little bit, this idea of ascribing value or, you know, giving honor, uh, uh, declaring somebody's worth. If you have your Bibles, let's unpack it with uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Just a couple of verses. Just a couple of verses there in Hebrews 13.
Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. In the African-American church, they say, when you found it, say amen. If you haven't found it yet, say, wait for me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hebrews 13. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The first way we want to unpack this idea of worshiping God is by reaching up, and then we'll talk about reaching out. Angel pointed out to me that that language is probably very uh, familiar to you if you are familiar with your own church's mission. And this is right from your website. Do you see your uh, church sanctuary? Was that picture taken up here, face down this way? This is right from your website, our vision for ministry, reaching up, reaching in, reaching out. It's very biblical. We see two-thirds of that in our text today, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Let's talk about reaching up with words of adoration, words, the fruit of our lips. Did you see that there in verse 15? Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. That's the first way that we ascribe worth to him. Through words, the fruit, the the harvest of our lips. Let me give you a little bit of background that will help us to follow what's going on here. The book of Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians, and these Jewish Christians were tempted to return to the old covenant, you know, the law of Moses. The old covenant had laws and priests and vestments and sacrifices and altars, and then Jesus did away with all of that. And the readers of the book of Hebrews, the, you know, the recipients of this book, kind of missed it. And they were tempted to go back to the old way. In fact, in the first century, the pagans, the, not the Christians or the Jews, but the pagans claimed that Christians were atheists. Isn't that interesting? Why did they? Because these Christians had no altars and no priests and no sacrifices and no rituals. And the people felt out of place, and they felt like, oh, we're, we're kind of weird, and, and they were tempted to go back to the old way. So the author wrote this book to argue that the new covenant that Jesus brought, do you remember the night that he was betrayed? This is a new covenant that I'm giving you. I am the sacrifice. 
The author wrote to argue that this new covenant is actually superior to the old covenant. He wrote and he said, we do have a high priest. Not, not uh, it was somebody from Aaron's line, you know, all the, the priests of the Old Testament. No, we have a high priest who is in the order of this guy named Melchizedek. Melchizedek had no beginning or ending. Our high priest is Jesus who intercedes forever. Don't go back to the old way. You have a high priest. The author wrote and said, Jesus himself, once for all people, offered his own body, talk about a sacrifice, as a sacrifice for sins. And then one time for all, not, not, not yearly, not daily, not weekly, and all these sacrifices, and bring the animal up here and sacrifice and put it on the altar and burn it up and bring your grain offering and dump that out. And this priest was constantly working and working. And, and the author says, what we have is actually superior to that because Jesus when he had offered himself one time for all people, sat down. It is finished. He says, I understand your desire for this sacrifice and this ritual and all that, but let me tell you, you have a sacrifice. You have a priest. Not this daily thing over and over again. Those kinds of sacrifices can never take away sins. Jesus, one time for all, sat down. And the author of the book of Hebrews says, you do have a kind of sacrifice also. It's not an animal, not lambs and goats and turtle doves and all that. You do have a kind of sacrifice. Did you pick up that language in our text? Did you see that in verse 15? He uses his ritual kind of language in verse 15. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice... words. He's drawing the parallel. This is real worship that honors God. Words, the fruit of our lips. It's interesting. Interesting. We don't tend to think of Sunday morning, you know, stand up, you know, just greet people. Hello, uh, read this, this scripture, sing, uh, Almighty Fortress. He says, you are offering something which is a sweet aroma <sighs> to God. Well, that puts Sunday morning in a new light. <laughs> that puts the fruit of our lips, our mere words, just puffs of air, just puffs of air vibrating the atmosphere, causing sympathetic vibration in your inner ear. <laughs> That puts a new spin on a mere words. In the Bible, singing is an act of worship. It is a sacrifice of praise. Psalm 95, singing to the Lord. Shouting is a way we praise God. Ezra chapter 3. Laughter, interesting, is a means of praising God. Psalm 126. Repenting words of a broken heart are, is a way we uh, uh, honor him with our words. Uh, Psalm 51. 
interceding for one another, praying for one another, is a way that we, it's a sacrifice of praise to God, uh, Exodus 34. Lifting your hands, Psalm 134, nonverbal communication. Playing a musical instrument can be worship unto God, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Dancing nonverbal communication before him, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Kneeling before him, Psalm 95. Fasting, not eating, Joel chapter 1. Feasting, how about that? Zechariah chapter 14. Declaring his worth in the assembly of the upright, Psalm 22. The fruit of our lips, verbal and nonverbal. Now that puts Sunday morning, for me, in a new light. There is an unseen but real presence of God in the community of his people, and we are offering sacrifices, just like in the Old Testament with the animals and the sheep and the goats and everything. We are offering sacrifices through puffs of air that vibrate the atmosphere and cause sympathetic vibration in your inner ear. The first way, then, that we worship him is by reaching up with our words. The second way, reaching out. So we have a a vertical and a horizontal aspect uh, to our worship. Reaching out with acts of service. And you see that in verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. And here's your sacrifice language. For with such sacrifice, for such sacrifices, it's a sweet aroma. It's good. God likes it. Sacrificial language. Sharing money, sharing a kind word, opening your home, doing good is a kind of sacrifice to him. Let me show, the, uh, the, show you this in the scripture. Look at uh, uh, Philippians. I have it written here for you. Philippians chapter 4. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, I have received from Epaphroditus... Epaphroditus was a messenger. He was a companion of Paul. He was a helper of Paul. Paul was in a house arrest in Rome, and so he sent uh, to the Philippians. It was about 600 miles away. He sent Epaphroditus back and forth just to get news and just to check in. And he says, I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you have sent. Money. They sent him money. Look at the language. A Fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. The Apostle Paul was under house arrest. He didn't have means to support himself. He couldn't, you know, get out there and work. And he needed some money. And the Philippians, the church of Philippi, sent money. And the the Apostle Paul says, that's an act of worship. And God likes it. Do you have that attitude when you give? That's what the Bible teaches. Let's broaden our understanding of worship beyond twang, twang, twang up in heaven. 
Or stand up, sit down, hello, hi, say the word. Colossians chapter 3. Slaves, in everything obey those who are your earthly masters. Not only by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You are serving the Lord Christ. What kinds of things do you think the slaves did? plowed the fields and mucked out the stables and dusted the whatnot shelf and prepared meals and took care of the kids and ran after the toddlers. And you are serving the Lord Christ. The word serving is connected to our words for worship. It's the same kind of word that's used for like the, uh, the temple workers. Do you have that attitude? when you balance the books and drive the van and design the structure and you are serving the Lord Christ. Romans 15, evangelism is, uh, has this same kind of language. God has made me, the apostle says, a minister, that's an interesting word, a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God. So that the offering, you hear this, this, this sacrifice, this worship language, the offering of the Gentiles may be accepted, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. When you share the gospel, when you, when you mention, uh, I'd like to pray for you, when you declare a verbal witness, it is an act of worship unto God. And then finally, uh, simply doing good deeds for the, for the, the, the down and out, for the, for the needy. You remember um, Matthew chapter 25, right? Uh, whatever you did for the least of these, you did it for me an act of worship, fragrant, pleasing to God. So, caring for your parent who has Alzheimer's, just just sitting there with her in, in in the facility, is holding hands, just praying. She she hardly even remembers your name. It's very, very painful for you. But you are serving the least of these. And the Lord Jesus says, you did it for me. Perhaps you tutor somebody who's barely literate. This is a lot of trouble. Maybe the person has a different color skin. Maybe the person has a, an accent. Maybe the person is kind of uncomfortable in your presence. 
I mean, it takes you 45 minutes to drive to the community center where you do this weekly, and sometimes your student doesn't even show up, doesn't let you know ahead of time. But you faithfully give from your own wealth. (laughs) And when you do that, I see Jesus nod. And he says, yeah, that's the kind of thing I did. (laughs) Whatever you do for the least of these. I take that kind of personally. (laughs) It's beautiful. Here's a high school student who... uh, you look across the cafeteria and there's someone sitting alone, kind of, kind of a dorky kind of person. This person is awkward. They don't ever make eye contact. Somebody walks near him or her and they flinch. And the high school student goes and speaks to the dorky person. Next day, he does it again. After a couple of days... You sit and eat with the outcast. And the other students roll their eyes and, and you become guilty by association. You become guilty of kindness. And I see Jesus nod. You are worshiping me. I receive your sacrifice. Whatever you did for the sick, whatever you did for the prisoner, whatever you did for the homeless, for the immigrant, for the illiterate, for the poor, for the blind, for the dork, for the addicted, for the aged, for the weak, for the deaf, the disabled, whatever you did for the least of these, I receive it as worship, a sacrifice of praise. So a number of years ago, I was uh, visiting a friend uh, in Hawaii who was, a pa- who was a pastor there. We had a great time in Hawaii. And on Saturday night, my friend said to me, now, Jeff, uh, we've got to go to bed because we've got to get up really early tomorrow. It's Sunday. He was a pastor. And before we even go to church, we need to uh, go to the state correctional facility. It's way up on the, the mountain on one of the volcanoes. It'll take us over an hour to drive there. We've got to get up early. got to get back in time for church. And I said, in a whiny way, why do we have to do that? I'm on vacation. He said, well, we're going to go. I hold a Bible study there uh, once a month, and tomorrow is the day, and I want you to come with me. And uh, I said, well, uh, do I have to go? Why do, why do we have to do that? And he said, well, we're going to go visit Jesus. And I said, okay. (laughs) And we went up and took a while to get there and we left what was still dark and we held a Bible study. There was like maybe seven people that came to it and you know, we did our thing and then we came back and then we had church and it was a long day. And if I'm reading the scripture correctly, help me if I'm not, Jesus nods and says, I 
It's a sacrifice of worship. You are declaring my worth by serving those I identify with. Well, I told that story just like I told it to you uh, years later uh, when I was preaching in Washington, D.C. And, uh, and, you know, preached. We had a nice big meal Sunday afternoon after church. And then my friend uh, David, who was an elder in the church, uh, got a phone call. And it was kind of intense. You know, you could kind of tell even from a distance. And uh, he put the phone down and he said, Jeff, we need to go. And uh, I said, where are we going? He said, well, a member of our church who's uh, kind of, not kind of, kind of 100% there, uh, she has a leak in her basement apartment and water's coming in through the wall and it's in a closet and it's getting her clothes wet. She doesn't know what to do and she's panicky. Come on, let's go. So we went to her apartment and it was a mess. So water's coming in and we pulled all her stuff out of the closet and took it out to the parking lot. And uh, the manager of the apartment came out. And, What's going and, uh, and he said, well, I'm not paying for that. I don't have any responsibility. And my friend David is an attorney, and he uh, talked with him. And they had a, <laughs> they had a little uh, come-to-Jesus moment there in the parking lot. And, uh, I mean, it, it took, like, all afternoon. And, and her clothes were that. It was, it, was, it was blistering hot. It was a muggy... Uh, Washington, D.C. afternoon, and okay, we finally got back home, and our wives said, where have you guys been? And David said, we were helping Jesus clean up his basement. Now, those of you who are doing this kind of good work, I want to affirm you on the authority of God's word. Yes, there's a horizontal, as, horizontal, yeah, vertical, yeah, there's a horizontal aspect of our worship. Obviously, the least of these, and uh, giving money, and evangelism, and all. But there's this aspect going on also. Did you, you think of it that way? I see Jesus nod, and he says, Oh, that's beautiful. A sweet aroma. This is why you exist. This is it. (laughs) To declare his worth. You came from him. You are going to him. You are doing all things through him to the praise of his glory. Well, can I conclude then with a couple of challenges? Just let's have some application uh, based on this teaching. First challenge, uh, first challenge is an individual challenge. Uh, This is for you and you and you and you and me and you and you. This is individually, here's your challenge. You ready? Do a good deed. Help someone, give money, pray, listen, touch, cry, serve, smile, share, reach out. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth. As I'm speaking, as I'm up here teaching, explaining the word of God, is God the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind some thing, some person, some 
You know, this is how the, the, the Lord works to, to build us up in our faith, to sanctify us, to push us on in Christ-likeness. He, one of the ways he works is through the teaching of the word, okay? What's he saying to you? Oh, yeah, 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 I need to write that check for that. Do it. Oh, yeah, 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 my sister-in-law asked me last week. Do it. In Jesus' name. (laughs) There's your first challenge. As an act of worship, reach out horizontal to the praise of his glory. Second challenge. Vertical. Here's your challenge. Sing. Sing. Lift up your voice. You say, well, I'm not a very good singer. It's all right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Sing. A sweet sacrifice of praise. The fruit of your lips. It's just puff, puffs of air, right? Uh, it's more than that. It's the equivalent of all that old priestly system in the Old Testament. A sacrifice of praise. Lift up your voice to sing to his glory and honor. The Father is seeking worshipers who reach out in acts of service, who reach up with words of praise. That is why you exist, to declare his worth. Through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. for joining us for today's message. Medway Community Church would love to welcome you as our guest one day soon. Our church family meets every Sunday morning for worship and also offers a wide variety of small group and ministry opportunities. To learn more, please visit us on the web at medwaycommunitychurch.org. We look forward to seeing you soon. Washing all my shame, grace and